The New Orleans Saints went from a fantastic start in 2022 to, well, an infuriating future. How did it all happen? We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much as always for making Locked On Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget we're free and available on all podcast apps and on YouTube as well. And I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, your New Orleans Saints expert credentialed member of the media, CrescentCitySports.com, USA Today, Saints Wire, Tuesdays on Locked On NFL, and here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked on Saints. And on today's episode, we're taking a look in our present series about how we got here in the first place because hopes were so high over the course of the offseason and we're even at their peak after the first game of the season. So how did the Saints go from a fantastic start to an infuriating finish? We're going to break all of that down. We're also going to talk about maybe some of the things that the Saints could have done differently over the offseason that might have had an impact late here in season and wrap up with a look at a regime change for the New Orleans Saints that could potentially go higher. Lots of folks ask me about Mickey Loomis and what his tenure right now looks like for the New Orleans Saints or what his future looks like right now for the New Orleans Saints. We'll break that down as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Once again, y'all, I appreciate you very much for being here. Let's kick things off with the fantastic start that the New Orleans Saints had to this offseason, right? There were so many high expectations this offseason coming into this 2022 year. Yeah, Sean Payton was gone. Drew Brees left a couple of years or retired a couple of years ago. But the Saints, they locked into continuity, into cohesion, into cohesiveness, all of these things, right? To make sure that they maintain their identity as a team. They were going to be a defensively led team with a strong run game, with a big arm quarterback that could take the top off once the run game set up the passing game. Michael Thomas was back. Jarvis Landry was added. Tyra Matthew comes back home. And it all started to work right off the bat. Tyron Matthew, you know, gets is involved in a couple of big plays up against the Atlanta Falcons in week one in uh, the Mercedes Benz Stadium. He ends up, you know, he and Marcus May combine on a fumble forced and fumble recovered on Marcus Mariota at a pivotal time to help the game start to, to shift around. Pete Werner's coming alive, the top down punch out. On, uh, uh, on on Zacchaeus to knock that ball out and end up forcing a turnover. The defense looks like the ball hawks that we expected them to be, that top five scoring defense that they had been over the course of the last couple of seasons, but they still end up in a 10 to 26 hole against those very Atlanta Falcons. And then what happens? Jameis Winston, Jarvis Landry, Jawan Johnson, Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, they look unstoppable in a few drives at the end of the game to close that gap. The largest comeback for the New Orleans Saints in their history, 0-208, down as many points as they were, 16 points in that game, now 1-208, thanks to those players with Jameis Winston at the helm, despite going into the injury tent at one point, but then coming back 
and pushing these guys downfield, getting into the end zone twice with Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas catching, you know, this big touchdown pass in the back of the end zone, throwing the ball up into the stands and then realizing, oh, wait, that's my first touchdown in two years. I probably should have kept that. And then they ended up throwing it back to him. So he ended up getting it because Atlanta Falcons, they didn't want that touchdown ball. They, those, those fans didn't want that. So they threw it back. And then we get into the press conference. Everybody's feeling great. And oh, by the way, like think about the players that made such an impact there. Jameis Winston coming back off of injury after the 2021 season. Michael Thomas coming off of injury after the 2020 NFL season. Uh, Jarvis Landry coming in as a new addition. uh, Juwan Johnson coming in knowing that we had high expectations for him with how well he transitioned over to that new position. Chris Olave making plays downfield on the sideline as well. The big time investment in him at uh, in, in the NFL draft. And then Will Lutz. Coming back from injury drills, what would end up being a game-winning, what, 51-yard field goal? All of a sudden, it looked like it was all just coming together for the New Orleans Saints. The defense was there. It took a little while for the offense to get going. They struggled for three quarters, but when it mattered, they showed up. And the big names, the big players, they showed up. Jameis Winston picking apart that Atlanta Falcons defense, all of that. And yeah, you could say that the defense was playing soft and all that, but you know what? That defense still had an objective to stop the New Orleans Saints from scoring points. And you know what they couldn't do? Stop the New Orleans Saints from scoring points. Dennis Allen comes up on the for the press conference after the game and he says, well, I hope that they're all not like that. I bet you do now. Because that's the end, basically, of the peak when it came to the New Orleans Saints. They would then go on to lose in uh, to the Tampa Buccaneers at home. They would then go on to lose against the Carolina Panthers in Carolina. They would then go on to lose against the, uh, the, the Minnesota Vikings in London. Tough. Things got real tough real quick. So what happened? How did we go from that to this, to this infuriating finish for the New Orleans Saints, who looked like a team that if everything went right, could be absolutely unstoppable to looking like a team that couldn't stop not getting everything right. (laughs) And I think that there's a lot of different answers to it, right? Obviously, you had the injury to Michael Thomas that ended his season. You had the injury to Jarvis Landry that led to him missing several games. You had the injury to Jameis Winston, who actually suffered that injury against the Atlanta Falcons. Pain, just pain all over, he said in the, the post game. And then Andy Dalton comes in and just doesn't really ever get the New Orleans Saints offense going to the place that the maybe the coaching staff expected them to go the defense 22nd in the NFL when it comes to the run game. I mean, they have not been great like we have seen. They've not been that top five scoring defense that we thought that they were going to be. They haven't been that dominant personality that we thought that they were going to be. Lots of coaching question marks too. I mean, the the penalties, they lead the league in false starts. They have no, you know, they haven't been able to create and generate turnovers over on the defensive side. Now they got two against Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but then the script completely flipped. Week one, you had a 16-point comeback. Week 14, week 13, you're blowing a 13-point lead. That's a big-time transition. I think coaching, of course, is a huge part of that. Execution is a huge part of that. Health is a huge part of that. And of course, just not being able to get out of your own way. The penalties, the turnovers, not forcing turnovers, the uh, the drops and in critical situations, the uh, taking sacks in critical situations, the struggling offensive line, the injuries on the offensive line at certain points, not being able to get a run game going. These are all things that the New Orleans Saints were supposed to be better at in 2022 than they were in 2021. That team 
That started four different quarterbacks. It started an NFL record number of players in 2021, won nine games. Nine games. This New Orleans Saints team, yeah, has been plagued by injury and weird injuries for sure. I mean, a lacerated kidney, four broken vertebra in your starting quarterback's back. I mean, I stress back, but you know where your vertebra are. And then you look at all the other injuries, the turf toe injuries, the second toe dislocations, the, you know, uh, the, all of these kind of weird injuries that they've had throughout the season that aren't necessarily soft tissue injuries until we get to the MCL injury that was recently uh, suffered by Mark Ingram. You haven't been able to see Alvin Kamara get going. You haven't seen Taysom Hill consistently be utilized. There's so many different question marks. So when you ask, how did you get here? There's a lot of different answers. But a lot of them can be tied back to decisions that were made over the course of the offseason, especially if you're somebody that's pointing the finger at coaching, and especially if you're pointing the finger over on the defense. Let's talk about some of the things that, and break down some of the things that the New Orleans Saints could have done differently this offseason that might have had a greater impact now as we sit at the bye week for the New Orleans Saints here in week 14. We got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. And today's episode is brought to you and sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. I, I'm a big, big advocate for therapy. And I'll be honest, I didn't used to be. I was somebody that really thought that like the idea of like seeking therapy and seeking and breaking down mental health and like really paying attention to it. I was a part of that community that thought that it was weakness. And that's hard for me to admit like because now like I've, I've struggled with it. I have friends who have struggled with it. I have family, loved ones who have struggled with it. And so I highly, highly recommend that if you're somebody that maybe stigmatizes mental health a little bit, or if you're somebody that has had mental health stigmatized around you a little bit, seek more information. Go and check out BetterHelp because BetterHelp will absolutely help you get what it is that you're looking for, or at least get the experience of understanding a little bit better about what's going on around you. It's not a crisis line. It's not a self-help thing. It's licensed online professional therapy to help make you your better you. Everyone deserves to feel their best and BetterHelp has made it easier than ever to get started. It's super simple, it's convenient, it's accessible, and it's more affordable than any of those traditional uh, cares that you're gonna find. And you don't have to stand in line. You don't have to meet anybody face-to-face if you don't want to. You can do all of this in video chat, via phone call, even just like chatting um, in, in terms of text chat and everything like that. And there's no waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. BetterHelp takes care of it all. So get unstuck and get set up today with Better. Help. Learn more and save 10% off of your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on. That's betterhelp, H E L P.com slash locked on. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Maybe the New Orleans Saints. Had they made some different decisions this offseason, could be in a very different place going into a week, going into their bye week here in week 14 in the 2022 NFL season. Let's break down some of the things that they could have done differently, and we'll do a little bit of an offseason redo. And I want you to play along with this too. What are some of the big decisions that you would make differently now with hindsight being 2020 as it is? We got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Appreciate you as always making us your first listen of the day. Don't forget for your second listen and go and check out Locked on Sports today. It's the podcast that makes sure you have all of the information that you need around the world of sports. We're taking you beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with the Locked On Local Experts only 
the way that Locked On can. You can find that on your favorite podcast provider and on YouTube as well. Let's start with head coach, shall we? Because I know that it's the big thing. Like, listen, I I still, I will tell you right now, I I think that with the way that the NFL is in terms of reputation building, in terms of the way that coaching needs time to settle in, all those other things, I think Dennis Allen will have a second year in 2023. Doesn't matter how I feel about it. Doesn't matter if I think that I would make the same decision. But let's talk about the decision that the Saints made to make him the head coach in the first place and kind of go the continuity route. And that's really kind of where I am really wanting to hone in and discuss was this idea of continuity. Was that the right choice for the New Orleans Saints? This isn't even really about Dennis Allen for me. But if you decided to go with a different path, as opposed to going the continuity route and trying to maintain as much of the sort of Sean Payton success of the past as possible, could you actually see have seen more success here in 2022 than you did? If you were watching throughout the coaching search, Super Bowl week, all of that, you'll know I was a big proponent of Mike McDaniel. That's the guy that I thought should have been hired or that I really advocated for to be the next head coach of the New Orleans Saints. Homeboy didn't even, I don't believe he even interviewed with the New Orleans Saints. If I remember correctly, the Saints instead, they talked to other guys, Brian Bienemy, they talked to Doug Peterson, they talked to Brian Flores, for instance. And when I look at those options, Mike McDaniel and Doug Peterson were the two that stuck out most to me in terms of guys that are experienced uh, in terms of Doug Peterson, right, having a ton of experience, and then also bringing in something completely fresh and completely new, which would have been uh, Mike McDaniel for me. I wasn't really a big proponent of the idea of a defensive head coach, and maybe that's wrong of me. And I think that some folks, like Luke Braun over at Locked On Vikings, will tell you there's no difference between the two head coaches or head coaches. That's their job. But for me, I like the idea of sort of the offensive trajectory and all in, in kind of wanting to continue to go that route. It's the route that the entire NFL has gone so far. So why zig when everyone else is zagging, especially when the zagging is working? Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, uh, uh, you know, uh, even guys like uh, the oh, I keep I just mixed up the name of the the uh, coach in Green Bay. But you know where I'm going here. So there's all of these sort of situational aspects that you can look at and say, yeah, this is where you know, the defense, defensive led team makes sense. This is where the offensive team uh, leads, le- makes sense. But like Dennis Allen sticking around as a defensive coordinator in 2022, I think would have been a better situation for the New Orleans Saints than him moving into the head coaching position. And then you look at what could have led to, you know, this like explosive offense and the u- utilization of guys like Taysom Hill and Alvin Kamara and Chris Olave and Jarvis Landry. And for the time that you had him available, Michael Thomas. Mike McDaniel, Doug Peterson, those guys would have been fantastic options for leading that offense, right? And they could have also been the play callers so that Pete Carmichael didn't have to step into that role, but could have stayed in the offensive coordinator role in terms of installing and doing all of the things that Sneaky Pete has always done. And maybe that would have taken things in a different direction. Now, would it be better? Would it be worse? We don't know, but I'll tell you what, it might be more fun, (laughs) right? So (laughs) I look at that and I think, you know, that could have been a direction where the things could have gone differently. Now, again, hindsight's 20-20. Dennis Allen will probably get another year to show you, okay, here's who he is as a head coach with this team. Although a lot of you are already convinced and look, I can't blame you, right? In terms of how you might feel he already is as a head coach and all those other things. I'm not here to argue with you about that or tell you you're wrong. It just, you know, I'm looking at it the way that the organization might look at it is all. Another place that I think that the Saints maybe could have gone a different direction is a little bit more focus on the defensive line. Now, don't get me wrong. They knew that they were going to have Peyton Turner coming back. They already had Cam Jordan and Marcus Davenport. They brought Tono Passanio back. They addressed the defensive interior a little bit, 
by bringing back most of their guys, like uh, Shai Tuttle was back, Malcolm Roach is back, uh, you know, the Albert Huggins was around for a little while. And then, you know, they added Contavia Street. But outside of Contavia Street, they didn't really do anything new on the defensive line. Now, they invested a draft pick in Jordan Jackson, but unfortunately didn't get an opportunity to see him. I don't know how much we would have seen him this season anyway, though, outside of maybe the Los Angeles Rams game where they were down both of their starting defensive ends. So when you look at kind of where the Saints didn't address, maybe that's kind of the place where they could have spent a little bit more time because the front seven has been, let's be real, kind of disappointing in terms of relative to the expectations that we've had built up since 2017, where, you know, they were a consistent 40 sack team, which they can still get there and where they were a top five, top three, sometimes top two and not number two run defense, right? And the defensive interior, kind of the push that the opposing offensive lines have been getting on this defensive line is kind of shocking because it's not what you expect from the New Orleans Saints, but it's what you've gotten from the New Orleans Saints. So that's another space outside of like the coaching decisions that were made and the idea of going towards cohesion as opposed to mixing things up and going a different direction uh, as a as a franchise and as a philosophy moving forward. That outside of that, like this is a place where the Saints could have paid a lot more attention. Here's the other place that I'll mention before we wrap up, because I want to save some stuff. I want to hear from you as well. Like, what are some of the other decisions that you would have made differently? Safety might be a place that where that, that you might point out. Uh, continuing to build up on the offensive line might be a spot for you, but I'm going to take one of them from you, right? And, I, and you can tell me more. You can give me specific names if you want, but running back. Not investing in a running back in the draft, not really investing in a running back over the course of the offseason. That was a spot that a lot of us continued to point out. Running back, linebacker, defensive interior. Linebacker has turned out to be great. They've been fine there at the second level. Um, uh, uh, Demario Davis, um, Pete Werner, uh, Cade Nellis, they all got that dog in them. Shout out Jake Madison, Lockdown Pelicans. Um, you know, they got all that. But running back is the position to where, like, if you wanted to look at it and say, I told you so, that's the position that you look at and you say, I told you so. They haven't really been able to invest. They didn't take the time to invest in that younger set of legs behind Alvin Kamara. And that has become detrimental for them as Alvin Kamara has missed games, as Alvin Kamara has been sort of utilized strangely. And so finding ways to where you could have utilized maybe some younger legs and things like that, like a Damian Pierce, somebody that I advocated for quite a bit. Uh, you know, some of these other running backs that were in the draft or even, you know, bigger named running backs over the course of the offseason and free agency. That's definitely a space where the Saints didn't even swing, let alone swinging and missing. And I know that they went out and they looked at Abram Smith, but let me tell you something. Abram Smith didn't even get picked up anywhere else around the NFL, ended up as the first overall selection in the XFL skill position players draft. He'll now have an opportunity to prove himself, but clearly there was something that teams across the NFL didn't see in him in that he went undrafted, in that he sat on waivers and then never, you know, never got picked up. And I think Baylor is a big part of that, right? Him having to play linebacker for two years and only getting one year of running back, his age, all of those other things, especially at that position. I think all of that ended up factoring in. So the Saints really did not take a swing at running back at all this offseason, and they're paying for it here late on. Uh, not even late. They paid for it early, right? Alvin Kamara missing two of the first four games. That would have been a perfect opportunity for you. Coming up next, could regime changes be on the way for the New Orleans Saints? We've discussed that before, but what about going higher than head coach? A lot of folks have been asking about Mickey Loomis and my thoughts on where Mickey Loomis sits in all of this. I'll give you that answer as we continue on with today's episode and wrap up here on Locked on Saints. Today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by Prize Picks, our good friends over there that make Daily Fantasy the way that it should have been all along. Daily Fantasy made easy. It's you versus the house, you, your knowledge, your understanding of your favorite players, their matchups, the game of football, all of that versus the house. That's it. All you have to do is pick two to five players 
choose whether or not they're going to come in at more or less in their prize picks projection. Let's say they pick, you know, 35.7 or 37.5 rushing yards for Alvin Kamara over, or you do you pick more or less. You can go ahead and make those selections. You pick two to five of those. You get all of them right. You can win up to 10 times your entry. It takes less than 60 seconds to get that entry in. Definitely well worth your time. Head over to prizepicks.com today or use the prize picks app. And you can uh, also, as a first time user, get a 100% into deposit match of up to $100 with the promo code locked on. You put down $100, they'll match $100. You put down $50, they'll match $50. It's that simple. Once again, it is promo code locked on at prizepicks.com on the prize picks app today. Get it, Houdat Nation, wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints, our present series, although we are going to look a little bit into the future here. But I want to answer a big question that a lot of folks have been throwing my way about Mickey Loomis and the New Orleans Saints general manager position. So we're going to be breaking that down here in a little bit. Don't forget, later on today, I'll have another future episode for you. We'll be taking a look at free agents. It's Free Agent Friday. So who are some of the free agents that make sense for the New Orleans Saints? And again, we're going to start off with the quarterback position. And we're going to talk about Tyler Huntley, the uh, the, the the Baltimore Ravens backup quarterback who looks like he's going to get an opportunity coming up up against the Pittsburgh Steelers and has done some interesting things. Could he be somebody that the New Orleans Saints could pursue and why it's complicated if they do? We're going to break all of that down in our uh, around 5 p.m. Central Time. That episode will drop. But right now, let's talk about Mickey Lewis. A lot of folks have asked me, like, what? Um, how much blame does Mickey Loomis deserve in the midst of this season for how things went, right? Making, being a part of the decision-making team along with like Gail Benson and Dennis Lausha and others who selected uh, Dennis Allen to be the head coach and then, you know, pushing for this idea of continuity and all of that. And, and, and I have to tell you, like, he was a third or, or, or maybe less of that decision. So yeah, you can put him in that category of decision maker when it comes to having made a decision that you might disagree with. But really look at this, if you can, from the organization side. Sean Payton surprises everyone. He steps away from coaching for the year, um, knowing that he'll very likely be back to coaching at some point within, whether it's this offseason, potentially even next offseason, whatever it might be. The Saints are not a team in disarray. They have veteran leaders all over the roster, Demario Davis, Cam Jordan. They bring in, you know, Tyron Matthew eventually. That wasn't before the decision was made, obviously. You got Marshawn Lattimore. You've got David Onyemata. You've got guys on the offensive side as well. And so when you're trying to look at this from like the organizational perspective, you can kind of see where the New Orleans Saints felt like, okay, this isn't the usual situation to where a head coach is leaving a team that's bottomed out, right? Or that a team is firing a head coach because that head coach and its team bottomed out. They thought that this was going to be something very different than what it was in 2022. Dennis Allen was going to be able to come in and inherit a team that already knows him, that he already knows, that they already have the shorthand with, that organizationally he already has a relationship with in terms of like from above the head coach to the head coach. They kept all these coordinators around and everybody, you know, they, they push for that, cohes- that, that, that cohesion. I think now you can kind of see that, okay, pushing for cohesion probably wasn't the right choice because the, the, the connective tissue really was Sean Payton. And I think you know that now, and you hope that Sean Payton comes back to coaching this offseason because this is a pretty good sort of 
piece of evidence for how good a head coach Sean Payton is and therefore kind of raises his, you know, draft stock or not draft stock, <laughs> draft stock, <laughs> trade his, uh, his, his kind of trade value in all of this and allows you to get that, you know, draft capital from it. But I don't think though that you look at Mickey Loomis and you say, okay, well, they got to get rid of Mickey Loomis after one year. Like we, we really have to take into consideration here that Mickey Loomis has made all the, uh, has made a ton of the right decisions from 2006 on. And that this is kind of the first situation in which you can look at it and say, okay, this did not go the way clearly that Mickey Loomis expected it to go. This is not a good look in terms of how, you know, they handled this offseason and what it's translated to in terms of the, uh, in terms of like the production on the field and the execution on the field, the, the coaching on the sidelines, all of those things. So to look at this and say, oh, Mickey Loomis should be fired. I think that's a little bit too far personally. And I think that what you're instead looking at is what happens next when it comes to all of this, because I know the guys over at uh, New Orleans Football just wrote about this as well. Like what happens next for Mickey Loomis is critical for his future, right? Like it's what it, it, it's what he does next. And, and, and I think if you look at 2006 to 2022, and so you, you're giving me there a range of what, 16 years, one for 16 ain't bad. You know what I mean? One bad thing out of 16 years ain't bad. For me, I know you. You got 2012 to worry about. You got 2014, 15, 16 to worry about. You get. You've got salary caps being pushed down and kicking the can down the road. Those decisions, but that's also always worked for the New Orleans Saints, right? Like that worked 2017, 18, 19, 20, and a little bit worked in 2021. Just didn't work here in 2022. So even that approach, which is Mickey Loomis driven, it might it might cause you some issues now. But it's been working everything before that. So. This offseason, they're going to go in. There's a potential that the salary cap is over $220 million, which would be a big, which would be a little bit of a jump from its usual average raise and gets them back on track with where they expected to be in 2022, looking back before the pandemic. And so the next piece is how do you navigate what's up next, right? More contracts that you're probably going to restructure. A lot of young contracts you can restructure this time. And then you could touch those sort of veteran players if you need to make a big splash in free agency or something like that, or if you're looking for like a big change or something. So there's a lot of different ways, I think, that you look at what Mickey Loomis does next and then utilize that to determine what his future might be. But I don't think that you take 2022 and utilize it as the end-all be-all for Mickey Loomis. I think that there's more than enough time for him. I think he has a longer leash, in my opinion, than the head coaching and, and the coaching staff does. I think that has to fail multiple times before you start to really, the organization starts to really point fingers at Mickey Loomis. But we'll see. We'll see how it all goes. I mean, the Saints have had some very surprising off seasons over the course of the past few. We'll see what happens as we continue to move forward. But if I were you, I wouldn't expect anything to happen with Mickey Loomis. And I don't know that he deserves for anything to happen other than getting another run at getting this right and making the, the, the right adjustments over the course of the next couple of off seasons. The leash, though, might be shorter elsewhere. All right, coming up later on today, like I mentioned, Tyler Huntley. We're going to take a look at one of the free agent quarterbacks. He's a restricted free agent, though, so I couldn't make things a little bit more challenging for the New Orleans Saints. But the right things happen over the course of the offseason. If it's a second round tender that's on the young wide, that's on the young quarterback, could he be worth it? We'll break all of that down as we continue on with today's or with another episode later of Locked on Saints. Appreciate you as always making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget to also go and check out Locked On Sports today so you can get all of the news around the world of sports. Go beyond the scoreboard, behind the scenes with the Locked On local experts bringing you everything you need in uh, only the way that Locked On can find it. 
on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. Appreciate you as always making me part of your day, part of your routine, saying yes to me and the show. If you see me, as always, say hi. And if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.